uh, as we do so. So just to be aware of that. And today, uh, Mandy's going to come up and help and read out a passage here. And this is uh, the passage that we're going to look at today. It's in Matthew 25. If you've got your Bibles, you might like to turn to it. If you haven't, don't worry, it'll be up here uh, on the screen. Okay, so thank you, Mandy. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who'd received five talents went at once and put it to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who'd received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's talent. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done. Good and faithful servant, you've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who'd received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here it is. Here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Thank you, Mandy. So this is one of the parables. Jesus is telling parables, telling stories about the kingdom and about how we are to live. Clipboard's gone around, everybody. If you see a clipboard, just pass it along. Jesus is really talking to his disciples, teaching us really how, how, about how we handle what we have. Or I guess more accurately, how we handle what is entrusted to us. Right? This parable is about entrustments. How are we doing? We're still chasing boards. <laughs> entrustments. A board has been entrusted to these three uh, it's about entrustments. So it reminds me of a story years ago as a, as, a, as, as a family. Our family was very young at the time, and uh, we're living back in the UK, actually. 
and um, a, a friends of ours, a family close to us, uh, wanted us one weekend to look after their pet hamster. Now, if you don't know what a hamster is, we don't have hamsters in this country, it is small and fragile and cuddly and furry and cute, and it's like a good first pet for any family. And so this, this family had this pet hamster, and they said to us, could you please look after our hamster while we go away for the weekend? Well, for us, our kids were small, and uh, they never had a pet before, so I thought, yes, this is our chance to get used to a pet. And so I remember the day when this family dropped off this hamster box, with all kinds of hamster stuff in it to look after this little little hamster. And, and one of the things they gave us was a kind of a, a plastic ball, a, a ball which if you opened up, you could put the hamster inside, close the ball, and it would and put it on the floor, and the hamster would start to run, and the ball would go across the floor. All right? It's a simple little exercise toy for the hamster. So anyway, we put the hamster in the ball, put the ball on the floor, and then my sons, who were out at the time, I brought my sons in and say, look at the hamster. Well, my youngest son was about four at the time. Tommy takes one look at the ball and goes, football, runs up to it and boots this ball across the lounge, smack into the wall. And I remember thinking, we've killed the hamster. We've killed the hamster. What do I do? What do I say? And I remember going up to this ball, picking it up and kind of looking at it and thinking, what kind of mess will it be in? And it began to move, hallelujah, and uh, the hamster survived, all right? The point is, though, is that it was a trust, all right? We didn't own it. It was for us to enjoy, but it was a trust. We were to handle it carefully. And uh, the first thing to note about this parable here is that Jesus is teaching that God has entrusted us with talents. Let's put quotation marks. Talents. Now, now talents here doesn't mean abilities, like I can sing or I can do puppets or something. Uh, we're not talking about those kind of talents, all right? Here, talent is a, is a currency. It's a, it's a, it's a portion of, of gold, actually. Very, very uh, precious and valuable. And it's owned by God, but it's entrusted to us. And that's what the point of the parable is about. It's that God, the master in the parable, has entrusted us with precious things. Precious things. And I think even in the broadest sense, that's true. God has given to us and entrusted to us so many things, things that we don't even think about most of the time, right? Things like life. I don't know whether you've ever thought about this or not, but, but life is a trust. It's a gift from God. We tend to think of life as an entitlement, or we don't think about life at all unless it's threatened. But actually, life, biblically, is a gift from God. So Acts 17, here we go. He himself, God himself, gives to all mankind life and breath. Right? Your life is a gift from God. Job 12.10, in God's hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. All right? So he gives you life. He can take it back any time. It is his to do so. So it's a trust from the author of life itself. I know we don't often think of it in those terms. Another gift that, that, that's close to that really actually is time. Time. So I've got life and there's time. Psalm 31:15, my times are in your hand. In other words, God is the one who directs my times. 
He's given us a portion of time. Psalm 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. In other words, God's already allocated you a portion of time. You may not have thought of it in those terms before, but he has decreed how much time you have. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I don't know about you, but I think time's speeding up. Don't you? I was hardly ready to put it in 2019 in, my, in the top of my date page, and now it's already 2020. It's already February 20. It's already March 20. Oh, my word. It's racing by. Time is racing by. And maybe it is speeding up. But, but the point is, you and I, while we're still here, we have a bit of time left. Compared to eternity, it's very small. We have been given time as a trust. One other one, of course, is what we own, or possessions, cash, finance, money. We've talked about this before, haven't we? That's a trust as well. Remember when King David had a gift day among his people to build a temple? 1 Chronicles 29, 14. David prays to God and he says, everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. So even what we give comes from God anyway. You say, ah, but what about my job? I earn my own cash, actually. Well, no, God provides you with the ability to earn. God gave you your job. It's a trust. So many things God has given to us which we kind of take for granted, but they're very, very profound. I mean, if you're a parent today... Your kids are a gift from God, all right? Your kids are, Psalm 127, children are a gift from the Lord. Now, I know that at 2.30 a.m., or after they've thrown up in the back seat of your car, or while they're throwing a tantrum in the supermarket, they may not feel like a gift, but they are gifts, they are. So these basic essentials are not entitlements, they are gifts. Now, by the way, I'm not, I'm not telling you this is how you are to think about these things. I'm saying that biblically, that's what these things are. They are gifts from God. They are not entitlements. They are entrustments. On top of these, God has also given us spiritual giftings and abilities that are unique to us, whether, we, whether it's how we sing or whether it's being creative or whether it's the way that we think or even physically the way we are, our physique for a particular task, they are entrustments, all from God. Or gifts of the Spirit, whether it's prophetic, evangelistic, hospitality, admin, miracles. The point is God generously gives so much to you and me. All right, that's the point. Now, now our response to that, really there are two ways of responding, aren't there? The first response is this, man, we should be so thankful we should be so thankful, shouldn't we? Thank you, Lord, for life. Thank you for life. I know for Julie and I, when we pray in the mornings, we find ourselves saying, thank you for life. Thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you for time. Thank you for the time I have, however long it is. Thank you for what we own. Thank you for our jobs. Thank you. Thank you for our kids. You know, Julie and I, we often find ourselves thanking God for our children, even though they're growing up now, our sons and, and, and the girls they married, wonderful daughters we have now as well. And now these days we thank God for our grandchildren, little Charlie's and latest arrival. And uh, we thank God for that. That's such a joy to us. We thank God. Thankfulness. And so listen, whatever else you're going through, you'll always have so much to thank God for. That's why Paul, I think, says in, in uh, 
Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. And listen, ultimately, we will always thank God for his son, won't we? That God sent his son to die on a cross for you and me. That he took our sins upon himself, as we heard this morning, that we might become the righteousness of God. That we might become children of the Most High. We will always be thankful to our God. The point is, God has given us so many gifts. So our first response will always be, thank you, Lord. Thankfulness should ooze out of us. But the second response is this, and this is what this parable is really all about. It's this, it's faithfulness. All right? To be faithful, to use those talents or gifts for the blessing of the master. Yeah? Not to bury them, not to ignore them like the one talent person did, but to use them for his glory. It's looking at all that Jesus has given you and learning to say, Jesus, you have given me life. How do you want me to use this life for your glory? God, you've given me time. How can I use this time to make it more fruitful for your purposes? Lord, you've given me money. How can I sow it into your kingdom that it might grow in kingdom impact? Lord Jesus, you've given me kids. I need to be careful here. It's not, how can I use my kids? No, no, it's not that, but it's this. It's, it's how can I reproduce you in them that they might impact their world? How can I stir them to desire to become more and more like you? Mums, you have a phenomenal call from God and an entrustment with your children to reproduce God in their lives. Dads, don't ever let the world laugh at you for the time you spend with your kids. They are an entrustment to build Jesus into their lives. Amen? Lord Jesus, you give me the gift to sing or be creative or think a particular way. How can I use it for your glory? So many gifts, and they're given to us to enjoy, but they are also dignified with a divine purpose. Yeah? And God is very interested in how faithful we are to use his gifts to us, what we do with them. That's what this parable is really about. And I don't know about you, but I love watching people or hearing their stories about how faithfully they step out in their gifts and show what God has done with that faithfulness. I love stories like that. And you don't need to go very far to find them. You bump into them all the time, especially in a family like the one we have here. Even today, there are folks here who stepped out in the gifts they have and we've benefited. God has produced fruit in our lives. And you need to understand that some of these folks who are leading worship Sunday by Sunday, you know, occasionally I talk to them afterwards and they say, and once or twice they're shaking in their boots still saying, that was terrifying. It's not always easy for them to step out in their gifts. But they do. It's faithfulness. And we are blessed. And we are blessed. I think of those who are also behind the scenes, who use their time and their energy, or, or those who quietly come alongside the troubled or the broken among us and, and help them through. Even in this family, these gifts are functioning. And in fact, I wanted to bring up one or two folks today and, and get them just to share their unique stories of what God has called them to do. Just for two or three minutes each, a couple of people, just to come forward and say, well, this is what I do. This is what we do. 
This is what we're doing as we step out. And I hope by doing that, the hope is that as they share, all right, you'll be freshly stirred to explore the gifts that God has put in you. Right, that's the point. So where's Tafford and Karina? You're going to come forward now, you guys. Let's welcome them. That's it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And they're going to share just a few minutes, really, just to share what God has called them to do. All right, some of it you've heard before, but just off you go. Thank you. Oh, my name is Tapri, and this is my wife, Karina, my partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, we'll be together for a few years now. So, um, <laughs> um, but we also we have a privilege of being able to work together uh, in 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 the um, in the correction service, uh, running programs in the Maori Focus Unit in Rimataka. And uh, we see that as a, a, a privilege. Um, and um, so we're thankful to the Lord for being able to um, use us in that way. And, um, and so we, hands up if you're looking forward to going to work tomorrow. I see that hand. I see those hands. <laughs> One or two. <laughs> hey, look, Monday for us is uh, we always look forward to going to Mahi. Not many people are excited about going to work in the prison every, every <laughs> week. Uh, but we love it. We, we love being able to connect with uh, our whanau in there. Um, because literally some of them are, are my whanau. And literally, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uncle, what you doing in here, boy? Oh, the old man's over there. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, literally we've had uh, our own whānau in there. Um, uh, so, so we have an opportunity to, um, to run a program, but being able to, um, to connect with them and build relationships and uh, eventually share our testimony with them. If we get to a point where we start to talk about the wairua and talk about whare tapapā, um, Mason Jury's model of healing, um, our tina nai, our hini naro, our uh, wairua and our whanau. Wonderful. So I talk about that and I, I, I say to them, well, out of those four taha, which one gets news less? And we go, oh, wairua. Yeah, because you know how to look after your tina nai. I see you when I come into the prison every day, you're working out and, and uh, you know how to look after your hini naro because you come to class. You get some mātauranga up here, some knowledge, because knowledge is power. Eh? And then our whānau, well, we ring them on the phone, connect with them, but how do we connect the wairua? Mm -hmm. And so when they talk about wairua, then we start to open up, mm. and there's a door that opens, mm. and then we can begin to talk to them about wairua. Yeah. Obviously, there's all kinds of wairua, uh, and so, but we want to try and get to a point where we can share how we came to experience wairua for ourselves and talk about the Lord. Yeah. Uh, it's not part of the program, but we chuck it in there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where we really want to get to. <laughs> um, but uh, just as scripture in Matthew chapter 10, um, Jesus was sending out his disciples, the 72, 
go into all the towns and places. And he said that, um, you know, I'm sending you amongst, like lambs amongst the wolves. And, uh, and when you go into the house or into a town, uh, knock on the door, and if a man of peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. But if not, it will return to you. So uh, I believe our job is to go in there and look for the man of peace. Mm, mm. Because there's someone in there, when we talk about Wairua and Modi, Modi is our life force. And it's the real you in there. It's not mm. the patch on your back or what you've got tattooed all over you. There's a real person in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A man of peace. The one that the Lord wants to get to. Yeah. And I think of that scripture and I think, you know, we have opportunity to search for those people. You don't say you can't save the whole world. And none of us can. That's the Lord's job. But um but we can find the person who is yeah. open uh, to to uh, to allow us to minister to them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if talking about it. Yeah, no, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're, we're going to run out of time. Um, we might do this another time. But just, um, if you can just put up the first one. Um, yep, okay. So the name of our program is From the Inside Out. Um, it's a transition from Te Arahe, which is the wrong pathway, uh, to Te Aratika. And um, it gives back to them their self-worth, yeah. their significance, yeah. yeah? It gives back to them their security yeah. and understanding of who they are. And, and, and it's a more focus on, you know, um, where they're going, their freedom, their family and their future. And so these are some of the things that we're able to impart to them yeah. and give them a future. Amen? Yeah. And that's what you and I have, a message of yes. a future yes. that is good and available for them. And so um, at another time, we'll be able to share, I'm sure, but um, just now. But so that, in essence, is um, what our program's about. And it's a privilege to be doing this. We love what we're doing, and we believe that God's going to break down those physical, not only those physical, but those spiritual things that are holding our men captive and our women captive. Kilda. Just before Pete comes back, thank you for the opportunity to uh, to share, and I just want to thank the church for your support, uh, your prayers. I uh, just want to share that last time we had the prayer, prayer week, um, I shared a little bit uh, before we prayed, and uh, the next day, the woman's prison opened up, and we were able to get back in there, and uh, but we got about nine ladies on our program um, that, that we're sharing with that right now. So thank you for your prayers and Beautiful. your support. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tafari. I just think it's so beautiful, really. I just think it's... Here's a couple who have given their lives, their time, their convenience, their, their cash to the lives of others, and, and lives are being changed. And, and uh, Tafari mentioned that last little bit there. They are sitting down with some of these... Uh, the ladies in particular and, and, and beginning to teach them and disciple them and sh share with them about the Lord Jesus. They need help as well. Uh, they've also said we could do with some help in this area. And, uh, you know, I, I, my, my hope is that as it's being shared is that actually one or two of you have been triggered in your hearts going, well, maybe, 
maybe I, I could help in some way. Maybe God is stirring me to get alongside some of these women also or, or helping Tafari and Karina and, and just to help serve the ministry in some way. If that is you, then please can I ask you to see Karina and Tafari straight after the meeting. Hey, I'd like to just come and, and, and give you a bit of my time, a bit of what I have. We give what we have and the one talent grows or the two talent expands. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. As they step out, they stir us into action. It's like the young people a few Sundays ago. You know, they were stepping out, telling stories about how they were having courage to step out. And we all felt, I know I did, I, I want more courage, Lord, to step out. I'm stirred as well. And of course, we have Isla here this morning, as Phil mentioned. It's lovely having Isla here with us this morning. And her story is about stepping out of this kind of very domestic environment. Whitby, Wellington, very, very quiet, ends up on a ship in Africa, for goodness sake. So Isla, let's put our hands together for Isla as she comes forward. Come on, Isla. <laughs> just a few minutes just to tell us about your stepping out. And you will hear more probably next Sunday, actually, about the, the whole thing, but just personally what it's meant for you. Really nice to be here with everyone again. It's um, really amazing seeing everybody's different haircuts and how <laughs> kids have kids have grown taller and their faces <laughs> have changed and um, and even like um, getting to worship in Māori again and stuff is really really awesome. So um, yeah, so um, I have been uh, living on the Africa Mercy in Senegal and um, so. I have been working in human resources, so that a lot of that is coordinating all the crew and volunteers to come. Um, and the, we have about 400 crew at one time. And so um, the mission of Mercy Ships is the hospital mostly. And so um, I get to kind of have a close look at the amazing um, transformation that a lot of the people who, some of them just have really disfiguring um, uh, problems, you know, like it might be orthopedic things with their legs or with their faces, and yeah, it's it's incredible to see those um, transformations. But for me personally, I've um, I have more a closer, more regular contact with the crew, and so that has been um, really amazing to see how the um, community, which is mostly Christian, just kind of how that works, living with Christians, because they've never really done that before. And um, it's been a really uh, obvious, clear, kind of practical example of the body of Christ. And I'd always heard that verse before, but um, I guess it hadn't kind of clicked in me. And so um, with the ship, every single role is unique and it's essential. And so as soon as something stops working, um, it'll start to fall apart quite quickly. So like one example is if um, we don't have a plumber, um, you know, we normally need two plumbers at a time, but it, we had a point where we had about a month and there was no plumber. So if our toilets stop working and get blocked, that's a problem for everyone. And then we had some water back up in the laundry which meant that they couldn't sterilise any of the sheets and stuff for the hospital, and they also couldn't work the sterilisers, so the surgeries um, would have had to stop. So 
there's, there's a lot of examples of how God is providing for us as well because somehow it all sort of seems to slot into place at the right, at the right time. Um, and even just things like um, we have uh, volunteers that are housekeepers as well, so they, they don't clean everyone's cabins, but they clean the communal spaces. And um, in the crew clinic, so the doctor and the nurse that look after the crew, um, they said to us, you can always tell when... Um, housekeeping are doing an amazing job because there's less sickness with the crew um, because even aside from coronavirus um, there's a lot of stomach bug and like cold and flu stuff that can go around because we're all kind of in a metal box together <laughs> and so when they are doing an amazing job cleaning all the communal surfaces and stuff nobody gets sick and so yeah so you can really see how each part um, plays its role um, yeah yeah, so <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> that's you. one example. But <laughs> well, thank you. And, and just to say as well, I just wonder why you're standing here. I mean, it's a million miles from where you were two years ago. Yeah. And it's been such a, maybe just a, another, I mean, it, it took a lot of courage to step out. Yeah. Mm. And now you're finding that you're making an impact where you are, far mm. beyond what you would have thought of before. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I guess it's kind of changed how, like I how I see myself as well because I was working as an osteopath before and now working in human resources is quite different and yeah it's just yeah it's amazing to like the way that I kind of see myself or classify myself in my head is really kind of grown and changed and <laughs> yeah so yeah I've gotten a lot out of this too which is not really what I thought I was going for but yeah wonderful thank you so much I find it so fascinating. It's a lovely thing where, where you don't sort of grow up, you know, with, as a teenager thinking, right, God is gifting me to go on a ship somewhere in Africa. It's that there are things that God has gifted, um, you, know, you know, gifted Isla in, and suddenly it's, it, it, by submitting it to God, God is using it in ways that she could never have imagined. And this is the exciting thing about the talents that we have, that God gives us by being faithful. It's stepping out and seeing what God will do. I think it's a lovely, lovely story. I love these stories. And, uh, and of course, the thing about Isla's story that's so interesting is because it's not just about one person stepping out. You know, it's also about the church stepping out too because financially we, con we c c contributed towards enabling her to go. We didn't pay for everything, of course, but we contributed. Some of the gift days we've had, well, one of the gift day causes was to help Isla get there and help support her. So in that sense, God has given us as a church talents as well terms of finance or time, all right? God gives us talents, gives us finances. And I, I've loved the gift days over the years too. And as a church, we've given to all kinds of incredible kingdom things over the years. I think of the things overseas. We've given to famine areas and storm-hit places like Uganda or Mozambique or Zimbabwe once a long time ago. Or, or we've sent people to bless churches in Cam Cambodia. So Sam and Stacey, we sent them, financially sent them to help with the church in Phnom Penh. And uh, we also sent uh, Sam, uh, Julian and Sam to Thailand and Laos, and they found themselves teaching leaders in the Lao church who were persecuted and under stress and under pressure. And these were folks that we sent out, we paid for, we sent them, and they were able to bless the church far beyond our own shores. Hallelujah. 
And I think of other situations back here in our gift days. I remember Virtuoso Strings. We used to give to them on a regular basis, didn't we? You know, that, that lovely couple who did so much to encourage and teach some of the disadvantaged kids in Poro East, taught them how to play instruments and, uh, and to create songs and, and, uh, and, and by so doing, enlarge their sense of self-respect and dignity and, and, and esteem. Uh, it was a way to bless them. And we bumped into the lady who heads it up a while ago, and she stopped us in the street and said, you are the guys who, who are the first ones to believe in us. And uh, I think, well, praise God, we made an impact yeah. through that gift day. I feel excited about that. Or I think of DCM Wellington, who do so much to help the homeless in Wellington, providing free dental care down there and food and shelter and other helps. And, and so we gave them a gift day once and uh, the card they sent back to me was, thank you so much, the $10,000 you gave us, we brought ourselves a van, a new van, so that we could circulate the supplies the way we needed to. I think, praise God, there's another yeah. Yeah. use of a talent as a church, our finances. And of course, over the years, we've given to the House of Grace that lovely home in Johnsonville or around there where, where very young, often troubled, single mums are given helps and support to look after their babies. And instead of going down to the, down the route of uh, uh, abortion, it's no, go down this route and we'll train you how to raise your children. Mm. And in the midst of that, stories have come of young women giving their lives to Jesus. And so we gave to them as well. And a little while ago, uh, last year, we gave to them and they wrote back and they said this, Hi, Pete. Please pass on our thank you to the amazing people of King's Church for supporting the House of Grace. We really appreciate it. What a joy it is to see young mums loved and supported. There are some special bonds forming and goal setting happening already, which is so great to see. And with a warm, dry house is even better because we help them with the roof, if you remember, to keep it warm and dry. And so I think, well, praise God, we've given there as well. That's, that's multiplying the gift as a church. And even when we've given in-house, it has always been with a view to influence outwards. You know, any ministry we give to within, it's always to, 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 to work outwards and see the gift multiply. Very occasionally, things don't work out quite the way we expect. Uh, so just to give you a heads up, I know the last gift day, one of our causes was to keep reaching out in a cross-cultural context, really based around uh, paying for and releasing more of Sam's time. Um, but the reality is, really, is that Sam had to go through a whole job change in order to support his family, his expanding family. And the fact is that what we could give really wasn't enough to bridge the gap. And so, uh, so God so graciously opened a door for him. Yeah. And he's working at Te Papa now, networking cross-culturally in ways that maybe he's never done before. Yeah. And we'll get the benefit from yeah. that as well. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, but the cause remains the same. Uh, the gift day and that, that we rose for cross-cultural ministry, we are allocating still to cross-cultural ministry through events that we'll put on uh, and uh, other things that we can fund and materials. And we want to have a Tereo course at some point, maybe later this year. We'll keep exploring that. I want to assure you that whatever you give to as a cause will stay given to that cause. Right? Just want to lay that out for you, make sure you're aware of that. Um, so whatever cause you give to, we will always be faithful to it. But I praise God for the talents that this church has received from God that we've sent out in terms of people and in terms of funds. Now, the point behind what I'm saying is this. It isn't to launch another gift day, by the way. It's not. Actually, we've got uh, the weekend away coming up. We've got Easter coming up. We've got too much going on right now. 
Later on in the year we shall, because they are so fruitful with the talents that God gives us. Really, what I'm wanting to do today is to get you to look again at, really get us to look again at our own lives. As a church family and as individual disciples of Jesus. Because a disciple of Jesus knows that they have been given many gifts and are thankful and they know that the master is very interested in what we do with those gifts. He has given you life. What will you do with it? He has given you a bit of time. What will you do with it? He's given you money. He's given you education. He's given you other, other gifts. He's given you, he has given you, he has given you, what will you do? I believe God wants us to hear this now more than ever because God wants to release more than ever among us. He wants to trust us more than ever. That verse later in the parable, Jesus says this about the, the master. The master, this is to the, to the ten-talent guy who saw it uh, develop and, and, and multiply. says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And some say this refers to the new heavens and the new earth. That's where we get all the... We get more and more to do with authority in the new kingdom. Well, maybe that's true, but I believe it also refers to this life as well. In other words, God wants to trust you with more, but that only comes as we are faithful with what he's given to us. So for our part, we may just need to adjust our perspectives a little bit. I want to show you one last guy here. Have you heard of this guy here? Nicolaus Copernicus? Of course you have. But for those one or two who haven't, <laughs> all right, he lived in the 16th century, and up until his day, everyone believed that the sun and the planets revolved around the earth. They believed that. It was understood. Planets and the sun revolved around us. But in 1512, as he looked down his little telescope, the penny dropped and he discovered something astonishing. It's not that the sun revolves around us. It's that we and the planets revolve around the Sun. And folks, that is still true today. It's not that Jesus the Son revolves around us. It's that we revolve around him. He has given us giftings and talents for his glory. Hallelujah. He has given us life, time, money, kids, gifts, eternal life. They are trusts. And he's very interested in what we do with him. Therefore, we revolve around him. He is our master. And he's calling us to step up as disciples and step out in our gifting. Can you imagine a church community that fully does that? Can you imagine your own life if you truly did that? Hallelujah. His grace, his spirit is upon us to release us in ways that we've never known. All it takes is faithfulness to step out and let's see what God will do. That is a disciple of Jesus. Amen? Let's stand, shall we? Hallelujah. 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 Just before we go, can we just pause for a second? God has spoken to us wonderfully this morning. So many ways. 
there's still this way that he wants to speak though. I want to ask the Holy Spirit just to draw alongside you. Put his finger on areas of gifting. You know, among us there are some here and you knew God was calling you, you sensed it, you had prophecy, you had a sense that God was gifting you in an area, but, but somehow it's like the one talent guy who kind of tried it for a while but then buried it in the ground. I believe God wants to resurrect those again. He wants to stir you to say, no, I don't want to bury this. I want to step out in it. Some of you, you've known disappointment in the past. I believe what God would say, it's time to leave the disappointment behind and to trust me again. Some of you have had prophecies, visions, a sense of. Holy Spirit, would you just continue to brood upon us right now? We are your disciples, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much for all that you've given us. Lord Jesus, we want to see these gifts, these entrustments flourish and be fruitful and grow. Holy Spirit, please, even now, speak to us. Move in close to us. There are some here, you've had dreams from God. You a sense of excitement of, oh, will God use me in that area one day? Maybe he'll, he'll use me in this way or that way or that place or that nation or amongst those people. Even now, he's resting upon you. Even now, he's calling you to follow him. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We have to close, I know, for the kids, but, you know, sometimes there are moments in time where we make a choice and our lives are changed. There came a moment when Isla was going down one track, she had to turn and go down another track. It happened probably in a moment, though maybe the lead-up may have been long. But there is a moment where we say, Lord Jesus I'm living for you. I give you my all that came from you in the first place. If that's you this morning, let's just take a moment to stand before God. Give him your life again. Give him your future. Give him your time. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to me. I'm following you. Hallelujah. Let's just finish with a song, shall we? Thanks, Jake. Will you lead us?